Yeah, Garen Bratcher isn't happy. His 14-year-old daughter, Ella, in her freshman year here at San Juan High School is getting lessons about the Black Lives Matter movement. And Ella, too, spoke with us today. She's worried about how her beliefs may impact her grade. It just really made me uncomfortable in class. 14-year-old Ella Bratcher doesn't want to learn about the Black Lives Matter movement in her ethnic studies class, and her dad agrees. It's going to create a, that divide in the classroom, and that becomes dangerous to a student. The class is being taken online, but Garen emailed her teacher asking for an alternate lesson plan, calling BLM a radical group. The ethics behind them is not something that you should be teaching a 14-year-old child. It sounded more like a recruitment seminar than it did an educational experience. His request was denied. The class isn't required for Ella to graduate, but every freshman at San Juan High School is automatically enrolled in ethnic studies. In an email the family shared with CBS 13, Ella's teacher says the framework for the class comes from the Department of Education, and the teacher would only modify a lesson plan for a student with an individualized education plan in special education. Tanya Faison, founder of Sacramento's Black Lives Matter movement, says it's important for all young people to learn about black history and that includes BLM. It's about time that our schools are teaching our kids the truth, you know, somewhat of the truth about history in our country. So it's Monday, and you know what that means. It's another episode of Black versus the Board of Education. My name is Miss Maureen, and I'd like to welcome you all to another episode. And as you can see, hold on, so I, I want to make sure y'all see this. I have all six of my girls here, all of the classes represented. Nobody's getting out of here unscathed. Understand, when we say that we came to bring it, that's exactly what we plan to do today. So ladies, uh, before we get officially started, why don't you go ahead and make sure everybody knows that you're in the building. Trinity, go ahead and uh, kick us off, Mama. Hi, everyone. I'm Trinity. I'm a junior um, at Laguna Creek High School in Elk Grove, California. And I'm very excited to be here. And I'm even more excited that we're all here today. It's been a while. <laughs> Lex, go ahead and take it away. Hey everyone, my name is Lex. I'm a senior and 17 years old in the Sacramento area, and I'm also glad that we're all here today. It's been a minute. Janice, it's on you. Hi everybody, I'm Janice. I'm a freshman in high school, and you know, I'm from Saxon, so happy to be here. Perfect, and Mariah, say hello. Uh-oh, let's go to Melissa. Hi guys, my name is Melissa. I'm a 14 year old freshman in Southern California and I'm so excited that we're all here. The conversation is gonna be awesome today. Fantastic, and Didi, it's on you. Hi, my name's Adia and I'm a sophomore at Intercom High School. And yeah, I'm really excited to get talking with you guys about some ethnic studies. Fantastic, so I don't know what's going on with Mariah, but Mariah is here. She looks so beautiful on the screen. And so we'll wait for her to pop back in, uh, see if we can't get her unfrozen, but uh, ladies, 
So a lot has happened since uh, last week. And so because a lot of has happened, we want to kind of bring you up to speed on some of the stories that uh, are going on right now. So uh, wait, before we do that, come on, come on, Mariah. Before we do that, go ahead and introduce yourself. <laughs> Hi, guys. My name is Mariah. I'm a 16-year-old living in California. All right. So we got 16, 17, 14. Did I hear 15? No? I'm 15. Okay, 15. Okay. All right. So all y'all are up in here. That's what's up. So listen, let's go to our first first story. Uh, I can't remember which one it was. So Jada, go ahead and help me out. What what are we talking about first? There's a lot of folks behaving badly, y'all. A lot of folks behaving badly, and it looks like she. Okay, all right. Oh yes, oh yes. We're talking about ethnic studies today, and this this beauty right here. This is is amazing. So she's bringing up a warm up in class about about Tupac. And she says, how is the word nigger complicated? How has it changed? Uh, we'll say you, this, this, this the type of uh, ethnic studies we talking about? This what y'all want to see in your schools? Hell no. No. So give me, give me some reactions. I mean, what, what, what should have happened uh, to this teacher? Because I understand uh, based on the principal's uh, letter uh, she was placed on administrative leave. Is that too much or too little? That is too little. She owes her students an apology, a realization or an awareness of her actions. I believe, I think she should have been fired. But yeah. okay. people have been saying I'm mean, but... Ain't no mean. Go ahead. It's okay. It's okay. Just give me your honest reactions. And everybody fired. Okay, fired. Uh, anybody else have a different opinion? No, I agree. She deserves, I mean, she needs to recognize what she did, um, apologize to the students and the people she's harmed, and then she should have been fired. It's not okay to, like, it's not a controversial controversial subject. And this, uh, I was on Twitter earlier, and it says, my former English teacher had this warm-up on the board today. A lot of us have personally witnessed her racism, and nothing was ever done about it. Why is Miss Holshire... I think that's how you say Scheiser, Hall Scheiser, still allowed to teach at a school as diverse as Stratford High. So mm -hmm. this teacher had a history of racism on campuses, and yet the administration decided to keep her in the classroom. And this is the type of uh, curriculum she's bringing to students. So uh, yeah, that's a, a hell no for me. And she better be glad I'm not in Texas. I'm, um, I'm because I was here. What are you confused about? Because doesn't curriculum has to be like reviewed by someone higher up? Like, well, I'm not sure this is curriculum. This looks like a warm up, and this might have been, you know, something that she thought of herself in her own um, infinite wisdom. She decided to present this as if it was curriculum, I suppose. And so, absolutely, she should be fired. So, next story, Jada. Next story. Next story. Um, I've been finding some doozies, y'all. And we got to be a little quicker on the draw, Jada. So stay stay hooked in. Oh, this one was from last night. Oh. Uh, oh. I think I think Trinity, you you texted you you <laughs> you tagged me in it last night. So this is one of my favorite school districts, uh, Elk Grove Unified. And they say, uh, more than meets the eye, let's fight racism. What do you see? And they use this picture of this young person, this lady, um, tech genius, drug addict, or social worker. Um, what do y'all think? 
Um, I think they were talking about biases. I'm not sure what this picture has to do with racism at all, but you know, I tagged it because people in the comments have me weak. Like they were going all they were really funny. <laughs> yeah. And then ultimately they ended up deleting the post. And okay. I was like, what? Like, what is that? I don't even know. I was like, this is bizarre. Like, it's crazy. Okay, so, but explain to folks who may not understand why that may be bizarre to you. Why, why would that particular graphic be bizarre to you as a student in Elk Grove Unified? Why would that be bizarre? Ooh, I Come on, Mariah. Somebody speak to you know, me. Okay. Oh. Trinity and I are like... We have literally been pushing. We were like, oh, we can make posts for you. We can give you hints on like how we can let's combat racism. And they're just like, oh, no, you're good. You're good. And then we get this. Baby, oh, so you, you that? That's so you offered to cool. help. Is that what I just heard you say? Yes. You guys offered to help them with their media and yeah. they turned you down. And then they produced this crap that they call uh, outreach multiple times. First of all, okay. she's white. I'm. I'm a. I guess she's white. Like the girl in the picture is white. What does that have to do with racism? Like that's absolutely right. nothing to do with racism. And then this little hashtag thing they have going on is performative. Like they don't care about the actual problems because we've been, like Mariah said, we've been in the meetings in and out. And you have to, Miss Lurie. You know what? How they get down. They don't care about the problem. They just want to appeal to the audience. They want to shut us up, if you will. And. Mm -hmm. Like this, I don't know. It was just like, you're, it's embarrassing at this point. Like, <laughs> Right. And so I, I just have to, I just have to be honest with y'all. I'm, I'm still ticked off from last Tuesday's board meeting with Elk Grove Unified. Um, in that meeting, they portrayed me as a liar um, and that they told the board that the superintendent told the board that they had contacted me and they had spoke to me regarding discipline of black students in the district. Now, not only did nobody speak to me about that, the one call that I did get was two hours before the board meeting. And it was talking about uh, the FBSU meeting that the families of black students un united uh, that what happened in the district. So not only was it disingenuous, I think what your superintendent did was called around and say, hey, has anybody spoken to Ms. Pryor? Somebody said, yeah. And then he's like, oh, well, we said uh, we was going to call you, but we told so-and-so to call you. And my understanding is that you talked to her. I talked to a lot of people. <laughs> I've been working in and out of this district for three plus years. I talked to a lot of people. So to portray it as though they, it was like a gotcha, like, oh, we talked to her. Like, I don't know what she's talking about. No, you didn't. The reason you did it included in the board communication is because it never happened. So we're going to have to stop. And the only way to get to the bottom of these issues is to, is to admit when you are wrong. Right. And you cannot attitude reflects leadership. So if the leadership is being a, a bald faced lie, what do you expect those who are up under him to do? So we're going to nip that in the bud. We are not going to play these games in these districts. You were wrong. You need to apologize. And I'm not taking an apology that says, oh, well, I missed protocol. No, you lied. And then you tried to cover it up. So we're going to have to stop that. Um, I'm not going for it anymore. Uh, they owe me an apology. They said it on the record. They called me a liar on the record in so many words. They need to apologize on the record. And then we can talk about moving forward. Okay. Next story, Jada. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can't stand it because I be out here working for y'all and they just 
like to gaslight and we're not doing that. So this story happened today. This was a couple of hours ago, um, a school shooting in Tennessee. And the reason why I included that one, because it's super current, um, but a lot of times when we have school shootings, the perpetrators do not look like the student group that is the most disproportionately disciplined group in schools. So when you're talking about SROs being placed on campuses, SROs were placed on campuses because of school shootings. They were not placed on campus to abuse black students, period. That's not why they were there. They were not there to just keep their eye on black students. They were there to avoid and to protect the student body and to avoid more school shootings. And um, they've gotten away from that, especially when there's no, no school shootings happen out here. What are they doing on our campuses? And I've been asking that question for years too. Hopefully one day we'll get an answer. Um, did you guys know about the school shooting today? No. no. Okay. I'm gonna need y'all to keep your, eye, your eyes and ears open because there are things happening around you um, that you're not you're missing out on, and and we always want to be informed. Um, the last story that I have, um, we understand that there was a young man who was taken last night um, by law enforcement. Um, this the lady said that she mistook her. Uh, gun for a taser and this beautiful young man was taken from his son who turns two i believe very very soon and so we wanted to give um our condolences uh to his family but the reason why i chose to put a still picture as in, instead of a video is i know that you all are always bombarded by videos and so i wanted to um, be mindful of your mental health but we have to, we have to, have to, have to have these conversations, not really in a vacuum, but to make sure you guys are doing okay. Um, I don't want to be like uh, your teachers and put you in a class and just throw stuff at you. I really want to check in with you guys. So, are, one, are you guys aware of this incident that happened last night? Yes. 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 Yeah. Okay. So, how are you feeling? Go ahead, Janice. I like just became aware of it like a few hours before we like logged on because I seen it on Instagram because like I'm not really on social media but when I get on there you see stuff so you know I seen that and woo yeah. yeah so once again Minnesota finds itself in the spotlight for uh, police brutality in a sense and so uh, Lex how are you how are you processing what is going on nowadays. Um, I was surprised this case in general because I'm pretty sure it's really close to where George Floyd was killed. 11 and miles, I think. Mm -hmm. 11 miles. Yeah, it's pretty close. And then, of course, the trial's going on and this happens like, it seems like a chain of events. And it seems that this place in general, there seems to be a lot of bad things going on. And it's really heartbreaking because if I remember correctly, they said that his air fresheners were hanging from his car, which is why he got pulled over in the first place. And just seeing that, it was like really disheartening. You know, they'll find the smallest things to pick at us and chew us away slowly. It, it was really just disheartening when I read that story. Yeah. And it yeah. takes a toll on me, especially this person looks like someone that I know actually. So when I saw that, I was like, wait, I think I know this person, but then it's like, no, I don't. But still it's like seeing our people or people who look just like us, or people that look like our friends, you know, it's really just takes a toll on you every day. And you're just like going through, you're going through the motions and you don't know when someone could strike on you or like something like this could happen. 
And so it really makes me not want to get up in the morning and go succeed or try harder to succeed in the world. So really sad. It's frustrating also because that could have been, like Lex was saying, that could have been my dad with me or with my little sister, that it could have been someone that I know and that could have, it still impacts me, but it could have impacted me much closer to home. And so you have to fear that every single day that that could happen to you or to someone that you know. And it's frustrating and it isn't talked about enough. And it's they'll find the little things to that inflict the bigger things that inflict harm on our people and it's frustrating yeah yeah and just real quickly before uh, i turn it over to Didi, i just want to acknowledge that stefan clark's grandmother is watching you guys right now so we just want to send a, a big a shout out and a big virtual hug out to miss sequita um for joining us today thank you so much uh Didi. um yeah i think i think it's so sick you know air fresheners like i feel like there's nothing black people can do to escape racism um no matter where you are. And one thing I also found really disheartening that I also saw on Instagram right before I logged on is like Biden was saying, telling people like protesting like, oh, just be peaceful and stay calm, blah, blah, blah. And I just find it very ironic that we're always looking at the protesters telling them to be calm and peaceful, but we're not looking at the police and critiquing them. Um, so yeah, I just, I've th that's something that I've noticed um, since especially this summer. But I also, you know, one thing I try to do to cope is like, I very much try to cope with like spirituality and knowing that there is a divine plan, but um, it's, it's still hard to, you know, cause that could be any one of us. So yeah. yeah. Facts. Especially, oh, Janice, go ahead, mama. Especially because like, you know, <clears throat> we're getting to the age, especially like the older ones, you guys are getting ready to start driving and stuff like that. So it's just like a fear in my heart, like, you know, I come on with y'all every day and it's just like, like that would really break me knowing like getting the call that, oh, something happened to one of you guys while y'all were driving. Like, especially with like new cars and stuff, everybody wants air freshener. Everybody gets that. That's something that everybody gets like, you know, and it's just like, you know, we get profiled for the littlest things and then, you know, we turn up dead. And then mm -hmm. it's like they want us to remain calm during protests, but then you guys got thousands of white people raiding the Capitol and y'all don't do nothing like that to them. Yeah, yeah, and I, I I must have missed something because you would teach what quickly? Uh, do you you know what he's referring to? I missed I missed something in the conversation. What would you teach quickly, Zeph? Uh, just so I would incorporate a little bit of oh life skills in class. Well, yeah. How about just uh, competence? Period, because uh, you got a lot of incompetent people in positions to uh, lord over our children. But that's a whole nother comment or a whole nother topic for a whole nother day. Uh, Trinity, did you want to add to it before we move yeah, on? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just like, um, it's like tiring to continuously see these videos. Like, I don't think people understand like how it feels to like hear the police like shoot at a black person to like see like a police officer like murder someone on camera repeatedly throughout the day. And then like have to see their picture continuously, you know, reposted, even though people are just like, you know, trying to bring awareness to the situation. It's very, it's like, I don't even know the word, like it hurts like deeply. Like, it's like, wow, like this just keeps happening. I don't even know what to do. And then, you know, like all of us, we're very involved in our communities and like trying to make change and do our part. And, you know, it's like, sometimes it's like discouraging. It's like, man, nothing's ever gonna change, you know? Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah. It's just ridiculous. You know, like at this point, everyone's like, oh, are you keeping up with the trial? And it's just like, 
why is there a four-week trial for a murder that we all witnessed? We all witnessed in less than a minute. And it's just like, we, it's not even like disheartening is a word. Like, it's enraged. Like, I'm angry. And it's like, yeah. there's a pattern and nobody is being aware of, like, what's going on. It's like, why are these people still put in positions of power? Like, yeah, and I... I think it's also, you know, you, you said, why are, is there a trial? Because, you know, based on the way the law is written, everybody is innocent until they're proven guilty, right? And so he's afforded the opportunity to go to a trial. We or our men don't normally see the inside of a courtroom um, because they are executed on the street. And so we have to understand that there's a difference between the way people are being treated based on the color of their skin. Um, and until we can get that, there's not going to be, um, you know, this whole peaceful thing that everybody's wanting, because I think the more peaceful people are, the more they take advantage of that. And um, they continue to do what they've always done, which is be brutal. Um, and it's unfortunately, it's unfortunate actually. So we're talking and, and we're gonna segue into our topic for this week. And we're talking about ethnic studies. And Didi, I know that you are kind of leading the charge uh, for ethnic studies in your district. Why don't you go ahead and kind of remind us what school district that is and what that all entails, what you're trying to do. Yeah, 100%. So um, we have, my VSU has kind of been talking to um, our superintendent and he's kind of been letting us know that he's starting to write up um, some ethnic studies courses. And, oh, sorry, I forgot to mention, um, I am in NUSD Natomas Unified School District. So that's like Intercom, you know, the whole Natomas area. Um, and yeah, I just, I think ethnic studies is really important because I think students shouldn't have to fight to learn about themselves. Um, and we should be able to learn in a global perspective. So, yeah. yeah, and I think that uh, in theory, that sounds really, really good, um, but it matters who's teaching. Because to me, it, it doesn't make sense to put in a new curriculum and have the same teaching core teaching it. There's something wrong with your current teaching core. So how do we expect ethnic studies to be um, successful if we have the same people in place? What needs to, what needs to happen um, to make this uh, successful? This, this pilot program, because I understand um, based on the video, they said that um, ethnic, their ethnic studies model came from the California Department of Education. And so when we're talking about it came from the Department of Education, I think we did some research, GD did some research yesterday, and it's optional. So what needs to happen to make this a successful um, rollout transition or addition to uh, your current school curriculum? And let me go to... Who's unmuted? Who's that? Janice. It needs to, for one, it needs to be taught as close to how it occurred. I don't want the watered down, whitewashed history of my people. I want the history that actually occurred. I don't want what they want us to know. I want to know what actually occurred or close to that because, you know, there aren't a lot of people there from when that happened, like, you know, but it's still, there's still things that, you know, leave evidence to where we came from and how we came to be. I don't want it to be a white teacher teaching me about black history. 
No, I need a black person teaching me about my black history because how am I supposed to understand where I came from when I'm being taught by somebody who has no clue? Mm. Yeah, I agree. Mariah, I what would you say? Oh, who is that? Trinity? Let me go yeah. to Trinity and then I'll come to, it looks like uh, Melissa wants to jump in too. So Trinity, go ahead. Yeah, I also think, um, so we did the same, sorry. I don't know what that was. My balloon started moving. <laughs> I'm like, um, but we we did the same thing at our school. We kind of pushed for ethnic studies course and we have a teacher that's teaching it. Um, but like, I really think it's important to like, like, um, what is the word? Okay, just like have the students, like be, give it, it's a safe space for students to have a, like a conversation, to talk about the things that, that are put on the table because a lot of the times we know more than the teachers know, like, especially if it's like black history, like I'm gonna know way more than this white teacher knows about my black history. Like I read books, I see it every day, you know? So I think having a safe space where students can, you know, share their parts and their culture and their history is very beneficial. And of course, like ethnic studies, because it, the truth is a teacher, a white teacher, which is gonna be majority of the teachers teaching ethnic studies, it's not gonna know the backgrounds of you know, Asian Pacific Islanders, black, you know, black people, Mexican people, you know, Latinx people, all of that. So I think it really, they really have to like lift up the students in that course and allow us to teach each other and teach them, if you will, mm. if that makes sense. Okay. Melissa? Yeah, like, like everyone was saying, we're going to need more. I don't want some Karen teaching me about my history because there's bias. So you need you're, you're going to need teachers and people in administration who actually understand how you feel when you are getting taught about white history and it's being pushed as it's American history and it's all that there is. You need black teachers and not just black teachers, but black teachers who are actually going to advocate, who are actually going to, who know how much it matters to have history about yourself. And ethnic studies is supposed to be classes that help students understand oppression. And so if it's whitewashed, they're not going to understand that. They're going to think it's just a class I need to pass. I don't actually need to learn anything from it. And so we need more people who actually understand the importance of ethnic studies. Mm. Mariah. Um, I wanted to speak. Sorry. I wanted to. No name ain't Mariah, though. <laughs> Go ahead, Lex. It, no, it could be. <laughs> um, <laughs> I wanted to say, uh, go off of what Trinity was saying and what was mentioned in the video in the beginning. Um, more on the student's perspective, I think that they need to make sure the class is safe for students. Because I know for me, just a normal class, if we're talking about something, I won't feel comfortable. Because I know, like, maybe there's a Trump supporter, or maybe there's that white kid who lives down the street. I was really confederate parents or things like that so i'll be like okay i'm not gonna speak i'm gonna hold it back or i'm not gonna say what i know because i know i'll be targeted out of class or something like that mm. so i think they need to make a safe space for students make sure that this class is like i don't know what happens in the class stays stays in the class or like things like that where the students will be able to speak and learn be proud of what they're learning you know accept what they're learning and not have to deal with like other students coming on to them they're like oh that's your history and you know say something stupid like we need to make sure that that environment is safe and uh judge judgment free because in a lot of times it's not especially with the class of this of the curriculum the curriculum that they're going to be learning i think that needs to happen mm. 
Mariah? We need teachers, we need black teachers who are knowledgeable to be teaching these classes. Teachers of who we feel comfortable with and who are knowledgeable about teaching that, you know, our history. Because mm -hmm. I know if right now the teacher who's going to be teaching ethnic studies next year, he's white. You know, he's cool. He he tries, like, but he doesn't know. And you can tell he doesn't know in his dialogue and the way that he delivers the, his information to us. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be reflecting on the students as how we're perceiving it if our educator, if our teacher doesn't necessarily know what he's supposed to be giving to us. Right, right. And you know what? As you were talking, Lex, um, it was very disturbing because you said that this has to be a safe environment for students. And so in my mind, I'm thinking, why would learning about someone else's history other than yours make you feel like, make the other students feel like they want to react or lash out violently? And it's, again, part of that history that has come through. You know, we're looking at redlining Jim Crow South. Um, we're looking all the way back to slavery. Um, you know, so I'm just trying to figure out why you feel like it has to be what happens in the classroom stays in the classroom in order to keep yourself safe. Like that, that is what stuck out to me as you were talking. So why are you fearful of being in an ethnic studies class? And, and this is for anybody, anybody can jump in um, because what I heard Lex communicate was that it was a, a fear component to being in a class like ethnic studies and Trin, you unmuted. So go ahead and jump in. Yeah, I always, you don't like to piggyback on that. I, I necessarily don't fear like the ethnic studies class per se, but I do fear the dialogue like that can happen. Just like I fear like when I, when I speak out about the things I notice that are wrong on campus, the racist people, you know, the racist acts that are going on on campus. I, I get scared because it's like the people like the, Trump supporters, the racist people, the people who do not want to change are so like, it's like, it's like them, like it's just them. It's like so deep within them. And then also you have to think about like the system was made that way. So ethnic studies is kind of like, it's like an outlier, like in the discussion. So I, I don't know, I, it's scary because it, it, it really is like a danger. Just like when I reported the blackface thing, I was very intent, like I didn't want to like be the one to post it, but I wanted people to know because it is dangerous for, to not know that there's people on campus doing black blackface and that have horrible intentions in the face of black people and towards black people. Um, it, it's just dangerous really, like, I don't know. <laughs> I think it's like fear of having to argue about like my history, like having to really sit in the classroom and being in the classroom setting and arguing with the person teaching me whatever it is they're trying to talk about and having to argue with them about my history and having to really go into deep discussion. And then, you know, a lot of people, they're not in the business of minding their own business and they like to jump into things. And it's just like, we're always, especially as a black student in the classroom, they'll jump on us real fast. It'll be two of them against us, one person trying to argue and defend ourselves. And then I I worry about getting backlash academically like I care about mm. 
I want to go to college. So it's just like more so if you fail me right now because I gave you back mouth and you try to, you know, send me to OCS and do and do stuff like that to where I don't get what I should have got from that class. So like that's a fear because it's just like I care. Like I want to be the difference. I want to go to college. I want to finish. And it's just like I can't do that getting poor grades. And I know teachers, you know, if they can't mess with us like within the classroom, they'll definitely mess with that grade on that report card. Mm. Dee Dee. Yeah, um, bouncing off what Janice said, I have a lot to say kind of about this topic, but I think, you know, white students not feeling comfortable in ethnic studies courses, I think is definitely stems from just white entitlement and always wanting to center whiteness because white people have always been centered and like been the center of everything. So I think that's part of it. And I also um, relate to what Janice said about like talking, talking to us about stuff or like about injustices and feeling like you're going to be hurt academically. Like I know one time, I like she wasn't even a teacher she was like a sub like a long-term sub or whatever and I had wrote a narrative piece about police brutality and then I wrote it and she was trying to the principal about it she was trying to give me a bad grade about it all this stuff so I definitely resonate with that of like feeling like I'm going to get hurt academically and get a bad grade on something if I do speak out against what the teacher views so mm. Melissa going back yeah Janice said that she that um having to argue with your peers about your history like i've had to do this so many times especially around when um the george floyd murder about having to argue just to prove that i have the right to exist like people are saying that um like just conversations that would come up just about the riots and like oh well people shouldn't riot like, yeah i get that but it's still it's hard when you have to argue and try and prove that you have the right to exist and so that's why those are the kind of conversations and people are ignorant and those are the kind of people who would be my peers in the class and so it's just hard to want to take a class that called ethnic studies that is that want acts like it wants to help educate people on my history but it's whitewashed and then you have all the other people who are in the class who have their own biased opinions and you have the teachers who are also have the same opinion so they're going to automatically team up with the, those students against you so it makes you not want to say anything and have to argue with people you shouldn't have to argue with mm. i also like i also fear like not like i know it's under excuse me and I know it's an ethnic studies course, and I know it's supposed to be inclusive and diverse. <laughs> um, but, my bad. Um, but I also like I I'm like scared about the curriculum that's going to be taught. Like I feel like a lot of the times when people think of like Black history, they think of like slavery and Jim Crow, and not other parts of history or other figures in history. And I'm, I hope like even in my ethnic studies and hopefully in yours too, Didi, like that they don't just center black history and our history on that um, because that stuff is traumatic. And also we've been learning about it since what, fifth grade, sixth grade. So in the same like watered down Eurocentric version of white history, I mean, black history. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No. Um, go ahead. Bouncing off what Trinity said too, I think it's also really important when we talk about developing ethnic studies curriculum is getting views from like, when you're talking about African history, getting views from African people, you know, because as we know it, I think history was written by the quote unquote victors, which is white people. So, you know, I think Mussolini is going to have a different view of Ethiopia and their customs and their traditions and their history than High Selassie, you know what I mean? So, and right. I also think when we don't, you know, when we don't um, look at, let's say when we're talking about 
Native American history and we don't go to Native Americans, we're still, we're purpose of ethnic studies is to get a global perspective, but we're still being fed the same white ideology of history. So I think it's really important that we, when we talk about ethnic studies and developing curriculum, that we don't just look at Columbus's journals, but we go talk to um, Africans and Native Americans and all this stuff in order to get true developed history. And I also, mm -hmm. sorry, um, bouncing no, off ahead. of what she said again, um, I also think it's important that we discuss the certain terms like microaggressions, prejudice, equity, equality, um, and so on and so forth. I think it's very important to understand that. And then I also think it's important to distinct, distinguish the difference between ethnic studies and cultural studies um, when teaching that class, because once you understand those words, it becomes easier to understand, not easier, but it kind of, you know, flows the way that like why history or why history is the way history was. And then like why mm -hmm. things are happening now. Like, so words like racism, prejudice and equity and equality all those words need to be taught and like all the phobias and all of that so yeah so what i just what i hold on janice before we go to you uh what i just heard you say is uh, i heard the words inclusive i heard the words whatever you know like um you said all the phobias but isn't that kind of diluting a lot of the different things that that we're uh, asking ethnic studies to do? If we continue to add different things in, because ethnic studies in my mind is saying everything but white history. That's what it says to me. So when we continue to add different things into a grab bag, right, we start to kind of minimize the amount of information that's given on specific subsets of folks, right? And so then we have to kind of put it all into one course called ethnic studies. And do they get to choose? Do they pick and choose what is, what's going to be talked about? Like, I, I'm just trying to understand um, because for me, I've been advocating for specificity, right? When we're talking about the issues that black students that are unique to black students, that black students are having in multiple school districts nationwide, it's going to require us to be specific about talking about black students that's why when i and i just saw the comment it said students of color i don't i don't do that i'm talking about black students right now uh when we're talking about black folks i don't want to hear minorities i don't want to hear bipoc i don't want to hear nothing but what we're talking about and so in each of these um these units that are being taught i hope that they are using specific language to center whoever it is that they're talking about in that moment so that a real dialogue can take place when we start to lump everything in nobody gets their just due because you're trying to figure pick and choose who's going to get the shine this time in in my opinion that's just my opinion i don't i have not seen the curriculum um but i would like to i think i should look into it um yeah and, and so uh before you go, Janice, it looks like we had two different comments. Uh, Melissa's mom said that as a teenager, she uh, advocated for ethnic studies and they were absolutely targeted. Um, the worst part is they were targeted by the principal too. Problematic. You should I wish I was around back then fighting like I am because I would have came to see your principal. Sorry about that, mama, uh, next time. But if it happens with Melissa, we'll definitely get into that. And then um, Zeph says that it's going to be uncomfortable for white students or even students of color. Um, yeah, it could, it will cause great conversations in the classroom um, and differences of opinion. And I think that's what we need y'all to have be okay to give your difference of opinion without fear of retribution, which is what you just said, that you're 
fearful of those conversations. So my question then becomes, who's going to protect you when they go sideways? Go ahead, Janice, it's on you. I was going to say, um, like, we should, it should, like, stop being, like, so offendable. Like, people are so offendable nowadays. And I feel like going into that classroom, like, that should, like, you know, you can't come in, you know, with your feelings right on your shoulder. Like, you know, kick them off. Like, you know, don't be so easily offended. And I honestly think ethnic studies should be an A through G requirement. If we're required to do all this history, this biology, and all this other stuff to get into college, we should be required to know our history, not white history. We need to know black history because we're talking about our black people. And as a black child, I need to know my black history. I don't care about the other history. It matters, but I've already learned about it. I want to know about my black people, where I came from, how I came to be. I don't care about all that other history. We've learned about Christopher Columbus too many times. We don't care about him no more. What about our and black And it was people? a lie. And it was a lie. Okay, carry on. <laughs> what about art? It was, geez. Well, I mean, yeah, all of that, all of that. We've learned about who they've cherry picked for us to learn about. Like Didi said, it's always uh, a certain subset of people coming out as the victors, right? They're always the heroes in the story, and we're always the antagonists, right? There's some that, you know, they had to civilize us. We know that's a lie, too. So it's, it's about who's going to teach it, who wrote it, how is it going to be implemented, who is going to protect you once it comes down the pipeline. Those are the things that I'm looking for. Um, those are the things that I would like to see. So go ahead. What, what you about to say, girl? Me? I was trying to say, and when it comes to teachers... I don't want the teachers teaching me the one who's only going to, you know, whitewash it because they're scared to lose their job. No, I need the heavy hitters. I need the ones who's going to teach me it, tell me all of it, go into detail and learn more themselves so they can convey it back to us as a classroom. I don't need the teachers trying to keep their position. No, I need y'all to come and come for the head because we need to know it all. Mm. Well, I think I think Zef said if it's if it's offered, he'll come in and teach it. So we need to see more of them gentlemen in the classrooms anyway. We want, we need to see it. <laughs> My biggest thing is I, I'm like really curious in what's going to happen when that conversation does go sideways. Because like Trinity was saying earlier, when we had that blackface incident, I had that restorative practice and nothing came of it. I was put- talk to us, wait, 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 talk to us about that. What do you mean nothing came out of it? Talk to us about it. I was put in that Zoom, you know, in the restorative practice Zoom. I, we were told like, be mindful, be muted. With a white teacher. With a, a white, white teacher, teacher who has no history of de like being in restorative. Anyway, like, well, I was put in that Zoom, you know, hey, be muted unless I ask you to speak and it's going to be your turn and your turn. And I was muted and all of a sudden, the boy who did the blackface was like, well, I'm not racist. This was put on me and, you know, my friends, I have black friends and I would just never do that. Like, it's not my character. I think I'm a good human. I just don't picture myself doing that. And me muted, I'm over here saying stuff because I'm muted. I'm, and then I unmute and say, Mariah, can you calm down? Like, so this causes me to have to bite my tongue. So your tone, please. Mm. But this is a restorative practice. The, nothing's being restored. I'm still angry. I still have emotions. Also, I don't like, I don't appreciate how that was done in the dark. Like we all talked about it. We all brought it to admin, all this. And we even have a black, and you know, I'm, 
I'm gonna call, I'm gonna say how it is. And I appreciate Mr. Bradford. He's at my school. I appreciate him and all the work he does for us, but I don't think that little side push to the restorative circle instead of addressing the actual issue face front was cool. I don't think just putting Mariah in a face with somebody who in, in a place or in a space with someone who like did blackface is okay. That's not okay. And Mr. Bradford Bradford is one of like the only black staff on our campus, but he definitely initiated that conversation and that restorative wow. practice and nothing came about it. And also why was a white teacher talking about blackface? He had no business in that in that place. I don't know. A lot of it was wrong. Yeah. Um, and it was and it was intentional actually. They just wanted to shut her up and shut us up, and that's why they did that. And they did yeah. it in the dark. And so Laguna Creek High School, I'm sorry, but y'all are foul. Time out, time out, time out, time out. When did this happen? Um like the week after spring break. Yeah. Remember, Miss Lorna, I was like, Do you think you'd be able to? And then you were like a restorative practice is kind of closed off. And then in my head, I'm like, Oh, I didn't know this was as closed off, so I can't ask my BSU advisors to come sit in with me. I can't ask my mom. Like, it's closed off. Like, in my head, I'm over here thinking, like, okay, I'm from Trinity. Me and Trinity, we going everywhere. We trying to fight this. That's my partner. It's like, I can't ask. It's a closed off thing. I had thought Mr. Bradford was going to be there. And he's, you know, yeah. our BSU advisor, one of the only Black teachers. I thought I was going to have a, a confidant sort of in the meeting. I'm sitting here. I'm put with two males for restorative practice and I'm supposed to be comfortable. I'm supposed to be a sweetheart. I'm sorry, who 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 uh facilitated this uh, restorative circle? Uh, what, Mr. Type teacher, what type of teacher is Mr. Spaney? He's the like, Spain he's the oh, You said S Mr. Spaney? S yeah, S P A yeah. S P A what? N and E. N and And like I'm supposed to be comfortable. And then he sent a follow-up email that was like, I saw you kind of bit your tongue at the end. Or yeah, because I, I was uncomfortable to unmute. Like so, so let me tell you why that's problematic. Let me just because y'all about to make me lose it. So the reason why that's problematic, number one, you would never ever put a rape victim and not likening blackface to rape, but let's just, it's an offense. You would never put them in a room with their accuser and tell them to accept what was being, what was coming out of that person's mouth. So that's, that's red flag. Number one, number two is that you are a young lady. You had no support. You were not, uh, you didn't have anybody to bounce anything off of. You were in there to fend for yourself, which is why what these schools like. And I'm pissed off about it. I don't like that. And so Mr. Spaney, your school and everybody else is going to get a letter and a request to meet because I don't think that these people are really trained in restorative. They probably are part of that train to trainer type of scenario. They have no business in a room with black students talking about issues that affect them and they have no support. We're not doing that. Nope. Nope. Mm -mm. Unacceptable. So and you, and you said nothing came out of it. So what was the point? Literally it's ridiculous because you're in a room and you're just like, Hey, do you understand what you did is wrong? I kind of understand it, but I don't regret it. Oh, okay. End the meeting. Like, 
and I'm supposed to be comfortable on this campus enough to go back, I'm not going back. No, I, I don't have any protections. There's no, who am I there to? I had initially thought, okay, my advisor is going to be up in here. So I'm at least be able to like private chat him saying like, oh, I feel this way. He was in there. And you okay. know that uh, what what type of relationship did you have with the person um, who was in charge or facilitating this restorative, whatever? I didn't know him initially. I didn't even know like like and now you, I'm like I didn't. You didn't know, know him at all. The uh, Mr. Spaney? No, I didn't even. Mm -mm. I had just met him. I had that meeting with Mr. Bradford. It was me, Mr. Bradford, and Mr. Spaney. He was like. You're gonna have a restorative circle. Are you down for it? And I was like, sure. Cause I thought it was gonna be just like that. But with the boy, it wasn't, it was just me, Mr. Spinney and the other guy. I was like, okay. And then I didn't know, but I was gonna be in Mr. Spinney's class for academic competitions. So now I'm in his class and I'm just like, oh, okay, cool. So let me, let me ask you this, just so I'm clear. So we had this restorative, whatever, Zoom, with this, this teacher that you were unfamiliar with, you did not feel supported, yet they put you in his class? I was Is that already, what you just said? I was already been like to switch into that class, but then I didn't realize he was gonna be my teacher until the day back. We were like back from spring break. Are you comfortable in that class? It's kind of surpassed. Like I only, I really only talk when I'm called on. Like I don't like unmute. It's like, mm -hmm. I don't talk when I'm called on. Mm -hmm. And I'll ask you again, are you comfortable in that class? Semi. You can, semi? Semi. Okay. Yeah. Do you trust that teacher? No, I don't trust anyone. I don't, I don't even feel the supports in that class initially. But hey, we're supposed to be supported on campus as black students. Like, I'm, I'm kind of at a loss because again, um, you cannot restore anything without relationship, just like you can't punish without relationship. You can't hold accountable without a relationship. So the fact that they took the person that you had a relationship with and removed them from the situation is problematic for me. I have to be honest with you. Um, and this is how so many of you are left to fend for yourselves within these hostile environments. They take away the people that you are most comfortable with and put you with somebody you barely know. And you have to talk openly and honest. That means you have to be vulnerable in that situation. They did you a disservice. I'm, and I apologize on behalf of them because they were too crazy to understand that they needed to have a relationship with you. I apologize because as adults, we miss it sometimes. We miss it. We don't understand that y'all don't have the skills that we have. Y'all are learning, but you don't have the skills that we have. And so it's incumbent upon us to make sure that you feel safe enough to be vulnerable and to express why that was an issue for you. And even that other student feels safe to really take some self-reflection and say, you know what? That was really messed up of me. I could have done better and I apologize for doing that. But to put you in there with no support, I, I apologize to you, Mariah. That wasn't fair to you. And it's I'm just, sorry. 
you know, it's a pattern because like me and Trinity always say it's like as student leaders on our campus, it's kind of always put on us to educate other teachers and other students. So it's like in that scenario, you know, I have to be the strong one. I have to be the educator. And you don't. That's why you got me and I'm I'll get involved. That's what I'll say on here, um, because that was unfair. It was unfair. Um, and I don't like it. So, and you want to mind, so they just got to get used to seeing me. Uh, they thought I was a problem before. Okay. Because again, to put you all in positions where you feel like you have to fend for yourself, one, your children, two, him as the adult should have known better. And so that goes to his leadership. But if their leadership is looking at the top dude and he's a big fat liar, then it comes down, it trickles down. And then those who work for him know that they don't have any accountability either. And it's a problem and we have to do better. And I don't expect you as students to do better. I expect the adults that are in charge of this system that you guys are frequenting, I expect them to do better because they're being paid and they are accountable to the parents. And so your parents need to be up in somebody's behind because this is ridiculous. What were they, what were you supposed to do in that situation? Just take it, accept it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Seriously. We have to do, we have to demand better parents, parents. We have to do demand better. I don't go into no more meetings without somebody that you can trust with you. And if that is not a, a part of that meeting that's being presented to you, don't take it. Don't take it. You don't, you were under no obligation to give that boy any of your time or to get that teacher any of your time. You're not obligated to do that. You're a student leader, student, kid. Sorry, you're not 18 yet, so y'all kids. Um, but y'all are y'all are students, y'all are kids. You don't owe anybody your time. They have to earn that. And you get to pick and choose. That's part of being empowered. You get to choose. Okay. Um, so listen, what what does it say? Yep. 100% Aaron, it lies with the adults. And if our students are conveying this to us, because I don't know how long you've been holding on to that, um, that story, Mariah, don't Since do that no more. Back from spring break. And I don't know when that was. Y'all was uh, like, what is that, the 19th of May? March? March. About the 19th of March. And you're carrying this around because these people did a disservice to you and put you by yourself to confront an issue that has historic origins <laughs> and they expected you to just what? No, mm -mm, we're not doing it. So it's like, I remember right after I literally FaceTimed Trinity and I was like, what was that? And she was just like, she was so mad. She's like, no, that's not okay. Like they knew what they were doing. And it's part of that, why you would be fearful to have an ethnic studies class on campus. It's part of that. It's part of that. Why you would be fearful to have these teachers teaching you when they can't even understand that relationship predates everything that they're going to do with you. And if they haven't established a relationship, they cannot operate a restorative circle. They cannot do it. Not a successful one. This is ridiculous, y'all. Seriously. Um, and like, 
go ahead who's that sorry i just wanted sorry i wanted to say like situations like that it's like at the end of the day you know nothing got fixed and so then you're going in next week and that person's in your class and behind you or where they're wherever they're sitting and you just have to continue dealing with knowing that this happened no it didn't get solved and then it's just like another level of you being uncomfortable in class supposed to be teaching them about you and so you just feel like you're misplaced and you don't belong in that class because of one person or maybe many other people that are sitting there with a problem that never got resolved because the students and the teacher or whatever they did not take into their own hands to get it solved the right way they did it the fast and easy way to actually not solve it but just put a lid on it put a cap on it mm. yeah I go ahead I just want to apologize to Mariah and I believe Trinity were there too, just like having to go through that. Um, I have a question too, like, what did they call you into that for to educate, you know, they're going to call the two black women in to educate the student on blackface on why it was wrong. I mean, I think that's absurd, but I mean, if y'all know. Do you know why you were called in to do that uh, restorative charade? I like I said, you know, we're student leaders. We're the ones that are always put forth to help educate. And yeah, I mean, to be honest, I wasn't even supposed to be there, but I didn't want Mariah going in there alone. So I was in another meeting and I was on FaceTime with her and I was just texting her the whole time. Like, girl, this is not okay. You know? Um, so I was just on FaceTime listening to what was going on. It was horrible. Um, so I wasn't even supposed to be there, but like I said, I wasn't about to let her go alone. Every meeting, like student side council meeting, I'm always on FaceTime with her because I'm not having that. So just mm. because I, I know our, our school is going to be like, well, no one, you know, no one witnessed it. We don't, we can't just take your word for what it is. I heard it. I actually texted her some direct quotes that I heard him say. So like. <laughs> Why y'all didn't put me on FaceTime? <laughs> like, keep the quotes to tell Miss Lorene. And Chase is just like, and you know it sucks like for other kids you know don't who don't have a trinity it is sad that we have to sneak in representation we have to sneak in somebody else to hear the conversation so you know when push comes to shove when it's on the front line we have to you know have that oh trinity was on the phone you know it's sad that you know we have to go around the bush and beat around the bush like that like no we shouldn't even be in those rooms like it's out of pocket and it's not okay no we have our representation here with us on the front line and you're either gonna let them in the zoom with us or you're not having a zoom with us simple and that's 100 100 so nobody goes into any more meetings without a safe adult with them or somebody that they feel comfortable with because you're right it's going to be your word against theirs and that's why there's two of them and one of you understand life okay um so you know what we're winding down uh <laughs> we we got through a whole nother hour um and y'all did y'all did good shout out to y'all shout out to y'all come on now all come seven of us come on guys like, it's all of us here today <laughs> so we like to thank everybody for tuning in for another week uh with us we, we're getting better as we uh go on so uh make sure you tune in next week also remember to follow us on apple Podcasts and or spotify leave a uh review comment 
Um, always know that you are welcome here. So we look forward to your comments. Uh, send your questions too, because I don't want to just be peppering the girls with que my questions. <laughs> I want to see some questions from you all uh, as we interact and we learn together, because that's the only way that we're going to be able to disrupt this system that has been put in place to uh, kind of kill our children's spirits. And we're not having that. We're not going down without a fight. So once again, ladies, thank you so, so very much for being open and honest, coming every week prepared. You know, we want to thank our production team, Jalen, who does our intro video. Thank you so very much. Jada, uh, who's running the board behind the scenes and uh, putting up all the beautiful comments and uh, the banners. Uh, Lisa is uh, off this week, but she will be back next week. Um, so as always, ladies, we're going to hit them with the wave and we're going to tell them we're going to see them next week. So one, two, three, hit them with that wave. We'll see y'all next Monday, same time, same bat channel, live from Wakanda Elk Grove. It's Black versus the Board of Education. <laughs> Bye.